If you or a loved one are experiencing a mental crisis or are feeling in distress, I would like to take note of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. So anyways, today I'm joined once again by one of my amazing coaches, by one of my awesome friends who, it's Katie Erickson. We have like quite a few episodes together now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's a brown belt at Northwest Martial Arts, Coos Bay. She just had opened that, what, last year? Uh, actually, it's two years ago now. Two years? Already. Oh, wow. Yeah. Time's it flying. It went fast. Yeah. So let's talk about, like, what you've been doing over there. You've been doing a lot of work on the gym and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, basically, when we first opened, we were inside of, um, like, it was like a jiu-jitsu speakeasy is what I would call it. So I know I, you'd seen it before the remodel. So it was, like, a side door into this, like, <laughs> long hallway into, like, yeah. the back. And then we had a, a small set of mats. Um, that we made work for quite a long time, but with everything happening and then, you know, the pandemic and whatnot, like, so right before the pandemic, we were seeing like huge numbers of students. So we had a ton of people, everything was going really, really well. And then everything went away, yeah. but jujitsu doesn't go away for me. No, um, and I wasn't going to let it go. And we were already talking about how are we going to expand? Um, and the coffee shop in the same building that we were in, they had decided to close. So they closed like the week before everything closed down for COVID. So like there, it was no correlation to the pandemic at all. But at that point I was like, all right, like we already know we need to expand. So we were already talking about expanding and then we closed, but I was like, nah, I'm still going <laughs> to expand. Like yeah. I'm not going to stop. And if you think about it, like when is a better time to to do that when when like you can shut everything down or do whatever you need to do. And you've been so, doing um a lot of like to fund that you've been doing a lot of like strength programs and uh a lot of like yeah. online coaching, which is really awesome. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of quarantine, I was doing your strength classes, and they're pretty effective. <laughs> Oh, good. I yeah. hope so. I feel I feel like this one that um, we have the last week, uh, next week of the one we've been doing currently. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I uh, I'm feeling strong, but a little beat up right now. You I see to, your posts but, on uh, Instagram with your muscles out. You're all flexing. <laughs> like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I funded the project through, um, you know, a lot of small decisions over a long amount of time that ended up making it so I had this little nest egg that I could use um so I took that and I was like let's do it let's build it out so David went into the building and he like just sledged it out <laughs> sledged out the walls had a great time I, bet he had, I was I, gonna say I bet he had a blast <laughs> oh yeah a literal literal blast with that sledgehammer on everything he was having a great time um my brother was in there helping out uh Jed and Jesse who who have the building they own the building and everything and they train with us great people. They just like, basically were like, go buck wild, like go for it. And so we just took everything out and then it was like, build it all back. So we ended up purchasing the mats. We went ahead, we got plywood. We were really, really lucky because we had uh, some really great students, the parents, I guess they're not students, but their <laughs> kids are students. So yeah. I just call them students. I don't know why, but it they might matter. as well anyway. be. May as well be, yeah, because yeah, they see the jujitsu all the time. Um, they helped us out and donated a lot of the plywood. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, we couldn't have afforded the as a nice of a floor as we have without, like, some extra donations and stuff that we've gotten from people. So that was really, really nice. And we put in the floors. David put them all in. And then, yeah, we put all the mats in. And now it's, like, all the mats are in where they're supposed to be. The wall mats are up. Everything is looking great. We've got uh, those like smooth nogi um, mats in the back. The zebra mats. And then mats. we have, yeah, we've got those nice ones. And yeah. then in the front are tatamis. Oh, uh, wow. And they're all zebra mats, all amazing. So we've got like that nice tatami floor for doing like gi jiu-jitsu, especially when you go to like IBJJF. You're going to be on a brand new tatami anyway because yeah. they use brand new mats all the time. So. Yeah. Um, we've been practicing on those a lot. That's been really fun. And I just learned. So we kind of got um, these two floors now. And awesome. it's like 
it's so sweet and they look great <laughs> yeah i just learned uh speaking of like ibjjf getting new mats every single time they actually after tournaments they sell their mats or they um yeah. recycle them and you can buy them for pretty cheap so i didn't know that and i'm like oh wow that's like good to know for the future of when i want to like buy my own mats and stuff <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a really good deal to go for if like you're in the market for mats for sure because yeah. like they've hardly been wrestled on at that point and they're know? very good like they're very good mats. they're great so if you yeah, guys they, are i think they use zebra yeah so so if you guys are out on the oregon coast make sure you go uh give katie and david a holler um they've been doing a lot of work and they actually do a lot of like zoom stuff too so um aren't you doing a women's martial arts or um, self-defense thing pretty soon too so I am. Yeah, I have a women's self-defense class coming up, um, and it's all going to be in person for that class. Mm -hmm. um, it starts in January, and it's a basic um, women's self-defense, you know, but also like empowerment-based self-defense along with not just like technique and stuff, but also verbal setting or verbal skill setting and stuff like that. And I think you, you just talked with uh, Rachel. Rachel. Yeah, um, Rachel's awesome. And she is really, really into, like, the empowerment-based self-defense. And so I don't have to get into what all of that is. I, I think people should go listen to her talk because I'm sure she, like, gave you the full, like, rundown on how great that is. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to be implementing that into our women's self-defense program. So my, like, basic plan is like it's three months i'm going to get people in we're going to learn how to do you know non-verbal like posturing that kind of stuff also verbal and mm -hmm. then like physical and you know taking someone down to the ground and then like submitting them that's where i'm going to get people to so yeah you can come from off your couch <laughs> like i'll get you taking someone down like in three months trust like i can do it like as long as people put in the work like i'm all about it and it's yeah. open to um like teens and women 12 plus is is kind of the age that I'm looking at and awesome. um just like so that everyone knows like I use very plain language when I talk about self-defense so I'm saying really like pointedly what we're doing so that they understand so there is like what I would call like adult language but I think what's important to know is that you need to have the thing that names what's going on so you have to use accurate labels for what's going on so that people can understand like the full impact because if you don't name things as they are supposed to be i don't think that we really see full picture what we're getting exactly. at so yeah yeah that's a good way to help them like understand how to do it yeah yeah that's awesome. for sure for sure yeah so you actually started your journey in a self-defense class and that's pretty impressive yeah. we actually talked about that um prior on the podcast episodes before but uh, let's mm -hmm. talk about um, how you've been handling mental health throughout this whole thing. And um, I think, like, talking about being present and trying to be present um, with, like, all this crazy stuff going on, it's been pretty challenging. I think, like, a lot of people are struggling still, um, especially with, like, the election news and, like, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so things are getting really rough. <laughs> They are. I yeah. completely agree. And like, I, um, I mean, if I'm being completely honest about myself, like I still go through my own like mental health, like episodes or issues, oh, you know, yeah. like I'm not, I, like, we're not perfect. None of us are. And I want like people to know that, like we can tell you all these things, but like we also deal <laughs> with them. So like, yeah, totally. like this morning I about lost it. Like I just had one of those moments where I was just like, I can't even. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I want to throw things, like, yeah. I have them. Um, but something that's been really helping me, let me find my little notebook here. I have a couple different <laughs> notebooks. So I've started doing this thing. Like, I used to write, I used to journal a lot, actually, and I stopped for a long time. And then I started writing again. Good for um, you. I was actually going to bring that up on uh, this episode, too. So I'm glad, like, yeah. you're bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's vibe on it. Like, yeah. okay, so what I've got going on that I started when I started my last um, uh, strength and conditioning course, the other component that I wanted to put into that course was the component of mentally being here, being present, and taking care of yourself and getting ahead of it. So one of the things about mental health that can be really hard is that like we have to get ahead of everything that's going to happen before it does. And sometimes mm -hmm. it'll hit us out of nowhere. That will always happen. 
But what I found through this research that I've been doing is like getting ahead of mental health is really, really important. So what I started doing was I got this simple little notebook. It cost me like a dollar. There you and, go. <laughs> yeah. It's affordable. And it's, it's really just like basic. It's super small and I can put in, you know, months, days, I can write whatever I want, you know, in terms of like, if I want to plan things, but what I actually started doing was I started writing, you know, what are the things that I'm committing to, or what are the things that are going to make me happy? Or what are the things that I'm grateful for? And being grateful, um, is one of those things that has really helped me be present in writing. And that's kind of what I want to get at is like, what I did is in this little planner I've got, I go through and I just basically like state my intention. I've been doing it for a couple weeks. I've been doing it for five weeks now, actually. So full five weeks, like some days I haven't done it every single day, but I write down on one side of the paper, just like things that I'm doing to help myself, like things that I want to remember. So I'm like, I need to remember to like center myself or I need to appreciate where I'm at or whatever it is. I like write it down in this space. And then on the days, cause it just gives me a simple Monday through Sunday, I just sit down and I just write a couple things that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And then I just like move on. And some days I don't always finish it. So I'll have some blank spaces sometimes. Like I don't always get it done every day, but I yeah. do think about what is the thing that I'm grateful for every single day. Or something like that. And I find that writing everything down, like, puts me where I'm at. Like, me, I'm meeting myself where I'm at. I'm, like, right here. I'm present. I have a piece of paper in front of me. I'm not looking at a phone that has notifications on it. I'm not paying attention to the outside world and all the things that are going on. Like, you have to find that space to, like, just write whatever is coming to you and don't have expectations about it. Yeah. Um, I think it that's can be what really, I've been doing. Yeah. I actually, um, my therapist recommended me this to a long time ago is to journal and I don't always do it, but I started to a little bit. And, um, it's also, um, my therapist also talks about like, um, guided, th- uh, journaling where, yeah, like you can listen to someone like asking you questions if you are like having trouble like in a moment too. So I actually found this app and I don't use it, but I I played around with it, and it's called oh, nice. it's called Jor J O U R, and um, yeah, it's like it's cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy like through an app where you're being guided through like writing, and um, yeah, it's. It's like you don't have to do it every day, but it um it definitely helps you if you're struggling like to do it on your own. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's like been really be- beneficial for me too. Uh I definitely try to like speak to people too, like sometimes when I'm at work, I'll be like, "Hey, like what are you grateful for today?" Like, I don't know, out of nowhere. And sometimes it like right. catches people off guard. You know what I mean? Because, like, not not all the time do you expect someone to, like, actually ask you, like, hey, what are you grateful for today? And then we can have a conversation about it. So. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about being grateful or, like, doing gratitude journals and what I think, you know, when I say the word gratitude journal, it kind of makes me want to punch myself in the face. Like, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, <laughs> like... There's, like, this whole side of me that, like, refused meditation, refused all of these things for a very long time. Like, very admittedly, like, I was just, like, I refuse to do anything that has to do with getting better. But, like, a gratitude journal isn't there to be, like, saying to yourself, oh, I need to forget all of the other things that are happening to me and only focus on these things that I happen to be grateful for. Yeah. Like, this is something that is so important that people need to know is just because you're writing the things that you're grateful for doesn't mean that you don't have struggle and it doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge that struggle like not at all you should find a space to process those emotions of struggle or you should write down those emotions of struggle and really think about what are those feelings and what are those things and and how are they like manifesting in your life because those exist and you cannot ignore the negativity like, or, I mean, it doesn't have to be negativity per se, but I'm just using that as the word, right? So, like, things that make me feel not happy in general, right? Or unsatisfied or unfulfilled. Like, those things you still need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But the thing about writing your gratitude or just spending time reflecting on thoughts 
what it's going to do is it's going to help take those pathways in your brain and it's going to help make them work towards making that a habit. Mm-hmm. So instead of just those same negative thoughts that resurface all the time, which will still happen, that, that kind of doesn't go away, you learn how to deal with them better. And that's what I've been finding through this writing process is that these thoughts that I have where they feel negative, they stick with me a lot shorter or I have a lot shorter unhappy times. Yeah. And I can think about, man, you know, this is a drag, this is a drag. This is a drag, <laughs> you know, thinking of all of the things. Yeah. But then I'm like, you know what, though? It's okay. I have this whole other set of things that I really, really like. And I really want those things to continue. But I do acknowledge over here, you know, on my other side that, yeah, I've got I've got some problems. i got some <laughs> stuff to figure out. Totally. But dang, over here is some really, really good things. And I think finding a good balance between, you know, light and dark or, you know, whatever kind of energy you want to think of. Yeah is a really good place to be and like don't ignore feelings and don't ignore like the fact that you have them like a gratitude journal sounds to me like toxic positivity yeah it does. Uh, which <laughs> is a total thing that I don't buy into and I don't agree with um so like don't be toxically positive it's not going to help anyone pushing your feelings down it doesn't help anyone no I, um, it's one of the most important things is to like talk about your feelings and honesty because like if you're they're just gonna fester like they're just gonna keep festering I mean like over and over again even if you're like if you're not writing them or talking about them like they're just gonna get worse and worse Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I find that when I kind of like offload a thought or feelings onto paper or you know my you know I find a friend or whatever and I'm like hey I got a vent yeah. And like, I just get that out. You're going to immediately like put that out in front of you into the, like the universe to be thought about. Like it doesn't have to sit in your head anymore and it gets it out so that you can like move on, like yeah. just move <laughs> on sometimes. Yeah. Um, and something that, that I've used also as a strategy that kind of goes along with this, that I, I think would be helpful for people. And this is a strategy that I learned from, um, someone else. And I'm sharing it here. And this strategy is basically like setting time for yourself to take those like anxious feelings or sadness or worry or whatever it is. Go ahead and set that that time aside every day of like, okay, this is the time where I get to be upset. This is the time (laughs) where I get to like let it out and -hmm. let yourself have that time and then let it be over. And that doesn't mean that it's not still in you or you don't still carry those feelings with you. But what it means is you don't have to spend all day acknowledging that they exist because the current state that we're in, I could like live in like COVID pandemic, like my, like mindset constantly if I wanted to, right? Like I could constantly think, oh, my gym has like a limited capacity. And I have this limited and this is limited and people are sick and there's inequalities and there's this and there's that. I could do that all day long. It's going to drive you nuts. It will drive you straight into the ground. And if you don't find a way to contain those spaces, it's really hard to move on. It's really, really hard to move on from it. Um, And so building in a time that is a not, I would recommend probably not before bed, probably (laughs) not right then is not the best time to do worry time. No. Um, but like I, I kind of pick this space between like when I'm off work and then when I start jujitsu and like right when work is over, I feel like around like the three or four o'clock in the afternoon, I kind of get like this spot where I'm just like, oh my gosh, what has gone on today? And then I think about, you know, what Everything did I do you today? have to do. Well, yeah. <laughs> and doing like I had all this stuff I had to do and it really frustrated me. And so I'm going to think about what frustrated me. I'm going to think about the things I'm worried about. I'm going to make a list of those things, maybe write it down and get it out of my head. And then I'm going to move the hell on. <laughs> I actually have it's been hard. doing that um, too. Cause like I, I, right now I'm in school full time. I work full time and I still like try to train, uh, and like keep myself, you know, active, uh, as much as I can, you know, I can't, you know, it's not like I'm training like I used to, but, uh, yeah, I don't think any of us are. (laughs) No, I like have been like, you know, there's not 
a lot of my week feels overwhelming because of how much I have on my plate. So, like, one of the things I do like to do is, like, write what my tasks are because, like, yeah, I have to work and then I have all these tasks in school and it's, like, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm in some Don't you really, feel like I'm your in, brain's going to explode yeah, like, sometimes? Yeah, and it's, like, I have to, like, stop looking at school as one huge task itself. I have to, like, pick singular tasks of homework and, like, mm-hmm. instead of writing, like, say I'd write, I have to go to work, I have to do school. Under the school, I would put bullets as to what uh, assignments I need to get done mm-hmm. in, like, a certain order or, like, what I feel like doing that day. So, yeah. Yeah, having that extra specificity will kind of help you instead of, like, just the big, like, <sighs> school. Yeah, like- <laughs> oh, my gosh. It makes it worse. It, it just, like, just that alone just makes it so much worse. It's, like, it's already so much. But, like, yeah. I, I have know. to, like, break it down, and um, it, it is really helpful. Yeah, list making for me has also been really helpful, like just for my work, because what will happen, I'm sure like you do with work and school is like, you keep these running lists in your head. And something that I was, um, I was listening to, to someone recently, and they were talking about how even though, you know, you may not be worried about some things in the moment, there's a lot of things that are subconsciously like sitting in our heads and sitting on our minds. So totally. we kind of have different like mind states, right? So you have kind of what they call like default mode, which is kind of what happens when you're just like driving or walking or not really like doing a task. You've got default mode. Default mode is a space where a lot of us hang out in um, when we're just doing whatever. And like, those are the times where like, we can get peppered with these things <laughs> that we didn't write thoughts, down or yeah. didn't remember. And it's just like that nagging, like, I have that to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we can't sit in that like mode and just like relax and be creative when we have so many things on our plate to remember. Like we live in a time unlike any other where we are constantly connected. I would argue that we are overly connected. I um, have so much though, to say about that, especially with yeah. social media. It's it's insane what it does to people. It's bad. It's bad <laughs> and good, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that it can be used responsibly, right? But yeah. we have to use it responsibly ourselves. No one is going to make us use it responsibly unless we put our own limits on it. Exactly. Um, and I'm bad. I'm. I can't. I like. I'm over here preaching to y'all about like all the good things and how to be good at everything, you know, or whatever, but That's a struggle, I'm not though. perfect at this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll get stuck on my phone and like, I know that like, yeah, a lot of us will probably get stuck on our phones for a long time. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that's like really stressful is like, you're sitting here staring at all this like negative stuff and on social media, like social media is just completely full of like misinformation and arguing and like like all this crazy news and you're staring at it for like a long time and like you're you're putting that into your brain all that negativity and it's just like you know what's it doing for you (laughs) so you (laughs) exactly you have to put it on the shelf like sometimes and like yeah it can be hard because it's like damn this is crazy i I quit the facebook game yeah i did too i I quit a long time ago i share once in a while but like (laughs) instagram's getting pretty close too yeah instagram's getting pretty rough sometimes too i have to like get away from it but that's why i really appreciate like having this page for like grip games and doing all the podcast podcasts and stuff because it like kind of takes takes me away from um all the negativity and all the political stuff and yeah. all like you know assholes on the internet talking shit <laughs> <laughs> i know honestly like i i really started paying attention to like what do things actually say? Like, yeah. you know, when you like roll, you like scroll through and you kind of see like those clickbaity things that yeah. like say something on the graphic. And then I'm like, wait, what are people even actually saying about this? And is this even a real thing? And how can I even tell if this is real? Because yeah. there's so we're much living, We're living in a warped reality. Info. And like, yeah. that's a, another thing I was listening to this other podcast about on, I think it was a, a TED radio hour or something on it. And yeah, it's like, 
uh, a lot of people like don't even know what is going on because the amount of misinformation on the internet is just so like insane like we're yeah. we're living in a a reality that's like it feels warped because of the amount of stuff on the internet you know yeah absolutely and, i mean i think that you could argue that uh this nation if I, if i may this nation go ahead girl yeah I, i'm about to get on one but like Part of the reason why we see so much division is because we're not reading the same realities. We are not in the same realities. Many of us are living or at least trying to get out of, you know, a constant social media state and constant checking social media news and all these different things. And there are some people who live by that. Mm -hmm. There are some people who live by Facebook news, for example. Yeah. I know what's on Facebook news. It's mostly clickbait. Yeah. If you didn't know, it's mostly clickbait. It is. So, like, if you go and read the real news, like, if I go and I look at, you know, an, an unbiased, as unbiased as I can get, as you know, unbiased. like NPR or AP or something like that, and, yeah. like, go look at, like, a basic report, I can get what is news. And then what I can do after that, if you just look at, like, go to NPR or go to, like, AP – Look at their websites. Check them out. Then go look at CNN and then go look at Fox. It's completely okay, different. So it's completely different. And it is so one way or the other. And it is creating division. Yeah. So much division. And like, I'm, I mean, I'm personally happy with the outcome of the election. Uh, I think I can safely say that this is a good thing for, for everyone. Yeah. But what I really, really hope happens is that, you know, we continue to, one, continue to press the administration because that's what's going to have to happen. But two, we cannot let these crappy news sources continue to divide us as a nation because it doesn't make any sense. It's also, it doesn't make yeah. any sense it doesn't because make it's any not sense. real. Yeah, and it's so detrimental for, like, mental health. It's, like, insane. Oh, gosh. Yeah, how, how much all of this stuff is affecting people's mental health. Absolutely. And the lack of That's why I also set a time for my news, okay? So like I've got I've gotten into like scheduling as you can see here, yeah. but along with my journal time and my worry time, I've also got news time. Yeah. So news time usually doesn't happen until I have finished all the tasks on my work list. So I don't check the news in the morning. In fact, I really try to stay off my phone as much as possible until the afternoon. So I'll get, uh, that's, that's part of the reason why I'm so late in responding to people now, but you know, people get it. It's not a big deal. But like, if I don't say like, okay, I'm going to wake up, I'm fully rested. You know, I'm going to have my breakfast. I'm going to get myself organized. And then all I'm going to do is I'm just going to sit at my computer and do the work. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to check Facebook. I'm not going to check the news and I'm not going to worry yet because there's nothing for me to worry about inside of my home right now where I'm at. Because you build that worry within yourself. Mm -hmm. Once you look and you check and then you do the checking where you just do the refreshing, refresh, yeah. refresh. Every time you refresh on a social media page, all you're doing is just bombarding your brain with more information that it has to process. So like what I get sometimes from doing that, and I don't know if other people get this, but I get like, uh, it's almost like my throat is catching. Uh, where I feel like it's closing, like it's like almost like a anxiety, uh, like reflex to where I start to get so worried and I'm not breathing and my throat yeah, hurts. I totally get tense when I'm looking at my phone. Like, okay. That. Yeah. I'm it's, glad I'm not the only one. Cause yeah. like I get super tense. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Definitely, like, trying to limit the amount of time, like, spent on doing that stuff has been so helpful and, yeah. like, something I think that everyone needs to really get on board with. Yeah. So, um, you competed over the, in, uh, the time of this quarantine, and I did too, actually. Uh, how, mm -hmm. how did that, um, how were your nerves and, like, how, how did you handle, like, competing and stuff? I knew you were super excited about it, but, like... Were you having, like, any, like, nervous thoughts or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I always get nervous. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm always nervous. I I'm nervous so, in my own gym sometimes. I was so <laughs> nervous uh, when I competed for Heart and Hustle. I was, like, having such bad anxiety, like, about it. And 
that day yeah it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah what do you what do you think was your biggest anxiety trigger I don't know, just the whole pandemic thing, like, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> competing in yeah, the middle of sure. a pandemic, but I I did it, and I was fine, and I was getting tested, so maybe I was just being a ding-dong. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I mean, there's there's worry, there's, there's reason to be worried, I think it's pretty normal, but, you know, when I competed, it was way earlier on in the summer, yeah. in the pandemic, and we were just barely, like, when I booked everything, everything was getting better, actually. Yeah. So it was right in that spot, like, at the very beginning of June, where we were starting to see really good numbers, where things were starting to get better. And yeah. then it just, like, what was it, June 20th or yeah. something like that? I don't remember the exact day, but that was, like, the day where we just, like, saw everything just skyrocket. Oh, and I was yeah. like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's continuing so to get I, worse. Yeah, when I went, I, um, you know, I followed all the guidelines and everything, and no one was traveling really at that time, so my risk was really low, um, and I was in a room of, like, a lot of people and stuff, but I wore my mask and did all that kind of stuff, but I don't feel like the pandemic itself or, like, that situation really got into my brain at all. I was just nervous for competing for the sheer fact that, like, my team was watching me at home, oh, you know, yeah. and everyone's watching me. And like, that's what makes me nervous. That's I don't get you. nervous about the crowd. I don't get nervous about the person in front of me. Yeah. I get nervous that like my husband is at home watching me yeah. and like, he's going to be nervous. And then I have my students watching me and I don't want to look like an idiot. And yeah. like, we all have those feelings, right? I know if like my students competing, I tell my student, like, <laughs> it's fine. You know, no one's going to think anything. And I know that about myself, but like, I think still to myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, don't look like an idiot in front of all your students. Is I all was I ever so think nervous about. about that too, because ours was like live streamed. Well, it was just us, the athletes, and then like the people holding the event. So it was like pretty like, there's not a lot of people. And it was like, it was really safe. Like, you know, we were like, you know, separated and like, yeah, out, and it was like safe. And yeah, I was in the back of my head. I was like, oh my god, my partner's watching, like, people are watching, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I had to, like, I had to, like, shake it off, I mean, I have those thoughts, but honestly, like, right before I go on to the mat, really regardless, it's, like, all that stuff goes, it's just, totally. like, the same thing that I was talking about earlier with strategies, it's, like, I give myself time to kind of freak out and do whatever, and then I just go into my routine of getting ready, and I kind of, like, have certain things I tell myself and certain things that I remember, especially from when, like, I was working a lot with um, my, you know, I call him my coach, Quinn. Yeah, um, Quinn's Even great. though, you know, he's, like, he and I are, like, you know, more like BFFs, like, and he, he's so knowledgeable. I mean, he may as well be, be a black belt and be my coach. I mean, he's so good, you know, and I spent a lot of time with him, and then I was transitioning into coming down to Coos Bay and actually living here full-time and then having David, my husband, is now, you know, my coach. And so I kind of have to reiterate, like, I'm like reiterating these things, you know, to remember that Quinn would always tell me, like, start going through my routines. And then I start like breathing. I use a lot of breathing exercises to ground myself and get present. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, you know what, the number one thing that I always like kind of say to myself right before I go onto the mat is like, I already have all the tools that I need to do the job in front of me. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I'm, I've never seen before. Like after you do jujitsu for so long, it's just kind of like, there's nothing that's going to be unexpected. You're doing it's it all going to happen. The time. Yeah. Totally. And if something happens that you did that happened, you didn't, you didn't tap or, you know, like this thing like happened when you're like, whatever happens, it's, I'm not explaining that very well. Cause I'm like the <laughs> sentence I'm thinking. had a little freezing uh so start over <laughs> oh um, yeah you we were talking um, about uh where were we <laughs> i don't know my memory goes pretty quick these days <laughs> um i was just talking about competing and like things that i tell myself and then i started talking about breathing um and I actually that is was really something important. i wanted to talk about today yeah oh I go think, ahead yeah i think breathing is really important uh it definitely helps you feel present if you can do it right. Uh, there's sometimes, I, with competing, I can meditate and, like, I actually do that in between rounds, you know, like, in the gym sometimes. If I'm, like, going really hard with people um, mm -hmm. and, like, competition training um, in between rounds, if I take a round off, 
which I usually do. Which you never do. <laughs> I never do, but, like, sometimes I do. When I'm, like, competing regularly, I usually don't uh, take a round off. Um, but, like, yeah, if I do take a round off, I'll, like, sit, like, off in the corner and I'll, like, try to focus on my breathing and stuff and try to, like, come back down to, like, a, a lower level and, like, lower my heart rate and, like, try yeah. to chill out. Dude, so, dude, I'm like so excited when you said that. <laughs> yeah. Because lowering the heart rate so that you can go back and compete at your best is one of the most important parts, I swear, of competing and, like, getting out there and doing stuff. Yeah. Having the ability to bring your breath back to yourself is just, like, it's paramount, in my opinion. Because if you're continually, like, out of breath, like, your brain is, like, also freaking out at the same time. And so it's, like, really, really helpful to, like, ground yourself in, in a breathing exercise. Yeah. Um, and I actually have one to share today with everyone Ooh. that I learned recently that I've been using really frequently and that I love. Um, so I learned this from, from a guy named Joey Hubbard. He runs um, – he's a chief training officer with um, what is called Thrive Global, and it's, like, a – the organization basically that Ariana Huffington has created and all this stuff around mental health. And I've been taking classes actually with them for quite a while now and learning about how to do things better so that I can help everyone else get better too. So basically there's this concept called box breathing that they talk about. And he all, he has said in his videos, like share this with everyone, you know, this is like should be common knowledge. So, so I don't feel like, I'm doing any disservice by sharing it. You, everyone needs to know. So yeah, that's great. basically all that it is, is like when we start to feel those big tension feelings, we start to feel those freak out emotions, just breathe out all of the air that you have. Just breathe out all of the air because your brain can't focus on the things that you're worried about and also be like, oh my gosh, I don't have any oxygen. Yeah. It can't do that. It, I need it to breathe. Can't. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're not breathing. What's going on? So breathe it all the way out and get it all the way out. And then what you're going to do is you're going to breathe in for four counts. So you just be like, and then breathe in for one, two, three, four. And then you hold for one, two, three, four. And then you breathe out for one, two, three, four. <laughs> and then you hold again. For one, two, three, four. Nice. It's a box. And like I always think about it like a box in my head. So I think breathing up, holding, breathing down, holding. And as you do that, within three breaths, you're already calming yourself. Within three breaths of that cycle, you're already getting to a calmer state. And once you have gone through that cycle ten times, you can get your brain into a meditative state. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're trying to empty your brain of thoughts. Because that's a really, really hard thing to do. Yes. We can do it, right, if we yeah. practice. But the point being is to just get yourself to reset the brain so that it doesn't go crazy because your brain is a muscle. It is a thing that does things. Like when we think about our human experience, I for a long time thought of like my entire self as one big organ, if you think about it. Like, <laughs> right? Like a lot yeah. of us probably think that way. Like I think that my body works all coordinated all at the same time. I mean, I'm not that coordinated, but you know, like I think that everything is coordinated all the way through. Yeah. And so like I always thought, and many people might think this too, is that my brain was just the way that it was and that it would never be able to change or I would never be able to change those things in my brain. But what they know now through brain science is that that is like you can train the brain to do various different things. And, and I know a lot of people think that and they know that. But we have to practice doing those things. So we can't say, like, oh, I'm just going to breathe one day and everything's going to be fine. It's like, no, that's a thing you have to practice. Your brain is a muscle just like every other muscle in your body. And if you don't give it practice and training, it will not do the things that you want. So I really, really encourage people to try out this box breathing. And I don't care if it seems like woo-woo shit. That's <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, I finally kind of getting over like feeling like uh you know i'm a crystal charger or whatever <laughs> which is totally fine if that's who you are i'm not i'm not bashing anyone like you do you like be your own person um but 
like in my head I always thought that that was for like hippie people I'm oh, saying the yeah, funniest totally. things to myself I always had all <laughs> you these said labels that about the yoga things. too <laughs> yeah I said that about yeah yoga too I was like that's for like woo woo people that like charge their crystals you know <laughs> under a full moon and all this whatever but then I realized I was like wait yeah, that's so I think those people are more connected to themselves than I'm connected to myself so I should probably take a like a leaf out of their book no totally <laughs> <laughs> I know I feel the same way I'm like oh these like these dorks are doing your actually it's really helpful like yeah <laughs> yeah I love it I added um way more yoga actually into the end parts of my strength and conditioning now so now we're doing like a lot of sun salutations at the end and we yeah. really integrated that um, lots of breathing and thinking about, you know, positive feelings or vibes, not necessarily positivity, yeah. but feeling like a good energy. You could call it a good energy, Ending I suppose. Ending it on and a then, good note. Say that again? Ending it on a good note. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So I'm trying to like get it to where, you know, you feel that calm sense of like fulfillment is what I'm getting to and taking that like dark energy or uh, an energy state that I don't like and trying to get rid of that and like breathing that out and sometimes I'll, I'll do it where I'm like okay I'm breathing in what I call good energy breathing out what I call bad energy you can mm -hmm. change the names however you think of it whatever's helpful for you because um, sometimes saying positive or negative or good or bad doesn't help everyone but for me it's a good distinction yeah so as you do breathing exercises and stuff like that, like I really encourage people to really consider what they're bringing into their body with that breath and what thoughts they're bringing into the brain with those breaths. And then think about the things that they're pushing out and letting go because we hold a lot of things inside of our bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, we hold stress in our bodies. I'm sure you know what that feels like. Tension. I'm sure you got that, yeah. that shoulder tension just, and the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. And it wears on you after a while. That's for sure. Yeah. I like yoga a it lot does. too because it can actually make you really strong if you uh make it a regular thing in your life. It's really strengthening. Uh it's like very good for your mental and physical health. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. I miss jujitsu so much. <laughs> I know, me too. Me too. Let me look at my uh I wrote down so much stuff because I've been like so I've been looking at um just a lot of things I wanted to say, actually. Um, and just some really, really good things. Oh, I wrote something down in all caps. So I <laughs> this <it>. is important. <laughs> this is important to remember. Um, and this goes along with what I was talking earlier about with worrying. And like when we think about these thoughts that like kind of stay in our minds and everything like this. Yeah. I don't know why I never thought about this, but this was like one of the most powerful sentences that I have ever heard someone say. And it was, there is no value to worry. There is no value to worry. Like how, how small of a sentence is that? <laughs> how tiny of a sentence is that? Yeah. That is the tiniest sentence that I've ever heard and I've ever written down. <laughs> and as soon as I heard this person say it, I was just like, what? There's no value to worry. What are you talking about? I actually think it was, I believe it was the same individual. Yeah, uh, Joey Hubbard um, said that on one of the classes that I took and I was like, oh, there's no value in worrying. Then why am I doing it? Yeah. Uh, like I should write that down and get it out of my head. Uh, that was one thing that I really, really wanted to like say specifically on this podcast today for reminder. people is that it's, you gotta, you gotta get rid of it. You gotta get rid of that stress. It is not gonna help. Also the other thing that I've been really really into and reading a lot about is sleep mm -hmm. and the effects of sleep on the brain and the things that it does to us and all this whatever and yeah I'm sure you know probably as well as I do when you don't get enough sleep you feel like trash yeah. right every single time yeah. I get like uh I usually sleep pretty good nowadays I get like a regular eight hours but I can definitely tell if I haven't and like if I have trouble sleeping then the next day or the next two days I'll like have bad mental health days I won't feel good also diet I want to talk about diet too yeah. but sleep is really important and if you're not sleeping well then you're you're automatically having bad mental health like it's yeah. gonna affect your mental health yeah so basically like if you think about the brain as a battery, 
you have to recharge the battery. So I don't care who you are. You need seven to eight or sorry, seven to nine hours of sleep a night. You just do like you need it. There are a very small percentage of individuals who can run on less because they are genetically different than everyone else. You can get tested for that apparently and find out if you have that special gene. But otherwise, I'm telling you, you need seven to nine hours of sleep. And that sounds insane, right? Like, I mean, maybe it doesn't. In my life, it sounds insane. It might sound insane for your life. You're working, you're going to school, you're trying to train. I'm sure you're up, you know, six o'clock in the morning at like yeah. nine o'clock at night, you're looking at the end of your day. And then you're like, okay, how do I fit all this in? And I also get sleep. The thing yeah. is, is you can't do all those things between the hours that you're awake if you don't find the hours to sleep. Yeah. And I honestly, this is, I, I used to power through my days when I didn't have good sleep. But recently, honestly, if I just don't have a good like day like, or a good night of sleep, I get up in the morning, I do the couple things I'm supposed to get done, I make sure that urgent things are done, and then I literally go back to sleep. I have started going back to sleep and I've never done that before, but I've been taking like two and three Mm -hmm. hour naps to get myself through. And the thing is, is like without the sleep, your brain cannot work. Like the front of your brain, all the stuff like in the frontal cortex, like it actually needs sleep to be able to function. And that's where you're making your executive decisions. So those are your decisions day to day. So, If you're like a person who feels like you will have a really hard time making decisions on a regular basis and you're feeling very sleepy on a regular basis, those two things are connected. You will not get better unless you get more sleep. And what that might mean is that you need to find what are the things that are worth it in your life and what things that are not worth it because there's sometimes things that you have to cut out. And sometimes it's not fun either, right? So like, the things that I feel like I have cut out are like extra jujitsu time. Yeah. Like I love jujitsu. I love going to jujitsu. <laughs> it's your favorite thing. Yeah. It's my favorite, but I'm like, okay, like I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, all right, it's eight o'clock at night. I got to be up at six tomorrow. I better get myself home. And, and I used to just stay at jujitsu until the cows come home and my, I'm dead. I'm like <laughs> laying sprawled out on the yeah. mat, all sweaty and all that. And I used to do that. But since the, since the pandemic, I just don't do that anymore. I actually make myself go home and I make myself go sleep. Mm-hmm. I just can't do that stuff anymore because, you know, we're under a constant pressure because even though, you know, I don't think about the pandemic or I don't think about COVID all the time Yeah. or elections, for example, like all of those different things, like they still happen and we're still ruminating on those things in the background and they're still exhausting and yeah. we still need to make sure that we're getting that extra sleep to make up for the fact that there's extra stuff in there oh yeah on top of like your work on top of like yeah. the school like everything I used to tell people like oh I don't I feel like I don't have enough like hours in the day for like my brain but <laughs> I totally do yeah. and I like have totally changed that mindset because that's a pretty negative mindset to have uh at least in my opinion <laughs> I um, for sure. because being overproductive is like super harmful too um yeah, like, I mean, that's a product of what our capitalist it is. society that we live in. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's go there. The 40-hour like, 40, the 40 like, work week is fucking horrible. <laughs> like, it's hard. Some people don't don't get time off at all. Some people, like, I know people like, well, we actually just had a staffing crisis at my job, too. So I was actually working, like, six to seven days a week for, like, almost a month. And I was like, oh, this is a little too much like it is too much yeah that is too much I was taking a lot of naps and like not training and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know thankfully that's over but yeah that's like a product of capitalism like mm-hmm. 40 yeah hour it's plus like you're enslaved to you know the system so that you can survive right mm-hmm. so if you don't work those 40 hours you don't have money to survive and like a lot of people are working jobs where they're not being paid an appropriate wage to live you know and even when you're talking about a two income household those two incomes are not always equitable right so like you're not making the same amount as like you you need uh, like 
what am I trying to say? Let me drag track for two seconds. So uh-huh. basically the thing is, is like, what our time is, is like money for us to survive, right? And mm-hmm. so that has been just taken from us, like from above of just like, hey, like you can't have anything unless you work for money. Yeah. Like there's no such thing in this world, at least for from living in America, you know, at this, I, I can't just go live somewhere and just live off the land, really. Like if you think about it, you we don't have that. That doesn't exist anymore. So the land that I live on now is taxed. And the house that I own is taxed. I have to pay taxes every year to live here and do all those kinds of things. And then, you know, I'm making, you know, an income to put a roof over my head. And, like, I get all those things. And that's fine. But when people are working to where they're spending all their time at work. Completely. And they're not making enough money to sustain those things that you need for basic food, shelter, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, like all those things. And also your outlets, like what do you do after work to like help your mental health? Like, can you even afford that? Yeah, they can't, they, you can't even get there. The people, there are so many people living in a state right now where they don't have time to even process what's happening to them. So when we look at mental health in this country and we look at the way that things have been structured only those who are privileged, including myself, can sit down and make a decision to talk about mental health to hopefully other people can listen to, you know, like people, I want them to have that, you know what I mean? But like, I'm privileged. I get to do that. A lot of people who actually need this information, I know, don't even have the time to sit down to listen to it because they're working their asses off mm-hmm. for basic needs. And we don't value time for humans to be humans and to have creative space and creative thinking. And I think that we really need to look at basic universal income for individuals and look at how do we take care of people because there is more than enough money to go around in this world. I see it. I have seen the dragon load of gold (laughs) that Jeff Bezos is sitting on. I've seen it. It's large. It's huge. That could have helped everyone already. And I get making money. Okay. I get making money for profit. I run a business and I like, you know, running my business. I like having freedom to have, you know, my idea of like, what is capitalism in in a a responsible way because I can control it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I can control you know, keeping my prices fair. I can control making sure that people have everything that they need. I don't shortchange people. You know, I make sure that I responsibly run my business for people. Mm-hmm. But people like Jeff Bezos, he doesn't have to oh, do that. No. <laughs> and a lot of people don't have to do that. And they're making trillions and trillions of dollars. I mean, I mean, there's graphs out there that can already tell you how much he's made from the beginning of the pandemic to now. Yeah. And if we look at all that money that is made, you could put that into like mental health care or anything you that could would do help, anything. help the community. You could do anything with yeah. that money. There are people that are actually struggling in this country right now. And when I look at the amount of profit to me, it is just absolutely immoral. Yeah. I think it should be illegal. If I am speaking completely plainly, it feels illegal to me and absolutely immoral to sit on that amount of money. When you look at what's going on around you. And I think that people really need to change their minds about what do they need in terms of money? Mm -hmm. What do you need in terms of like building a capitalist society? Capitalism, if used correctly, and like, at least I hope so, you know, Mm -hmm. I have this like idea that you could be a responsible capitalist. I think you could do those things. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is capitalism as it stands in this country is not taking into account empathy for individuals and empathy for the human struggle like we are humans right Mm -hmm. so we're we're animals we have beings we are feeling you know if you put your hand on your chest you have a heart and you can (laughs) feel it right We're, we're living beings i'm not a machine and that's how most humans are being treated yeah as like these machines and we're using people as laborers in the society without giving them People, um, was I talking about creative space? Like yeah. giving people need to be given the space to be creative and think and all those kinds of things, right? Is yeah. that where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, is like, I don't think 
that capitalism wants to give that to people because then they're going to come up with ideas that they don't fucking need it anymore. <laughs> like, like exactly. that's what it is. You know, yeah. it's like a, it's like an imprisonment in itself. You know, I'm very fortunate and very, very privileged. The company that I work for allows me a lot of space. It allows me to actually take a lot of these classes that, that have, I can share with you all this information that I'm learning, you know, like, I actually am really happy to be working for a company that is allowing me space to think and create and do all those different things. And I do oh, yeah, think that totally. they're trying to give their employees spaces to think and create and be different. Yeah. But not everyone gets that. And I'm terribly privileged for having it. And I yeah. think that we need to look at how are we actually taking care of humans? How are humans being taken care of? And what are people's actual needs? Because, yeah, we can say people need basic food, water, shelter. But those are basic. Mm-hmm. But they also need care. They also need empathy. At this point, everyone needs to have a universal basic income because what I feel like is we're born into this space where you have to have money to survive. Yeah. That just is what it is. There's no getting out of it. And so if that's the world that we're going to live in, then we need to compensate for the world that we've created in that. Yeah. I don't know how to make that happen. I don't have all the answers. Nobody uh, does. But it's an idea that I think that we should really look at. And we should really look at how are we taking care of people in our communities and how are we taking care of people as a society? Because mental health, it's only going to go downwards from here if we don't start yeah. really bringing equity into the equation. Like, equality is gone. Yeah. We used to say equality. I think equality is now out the door. It I think is. we're now looking at equity because like I think there's like some really good graphics out there for example it's like there's like a fence and then there's three kids looking over the fence one kid's super tall one's kind of medium and one's short so the (laughs) tallest one can see everything and can look over the other one can jump and see over you know once in a while every jump yeah and then the other one cannot see at all yeah no matter how high they've jumped so when you look at making everyone equal if you all gave them a stool for example maybe the stool makes it so that one person can jump over the fence and then the other person can now just look over the fence comfortably yeah the other person though is still trying to jump and struggle and look they were all given the same exact stool Mm -hmm. but what we really needed to do was the person that can already see over just fine at everything that person's fine we need to give the stool to the next person to show that, yeah, you can see fine now too. You don't have any struggles seeing. And then the person at the very end who cannot see at all, even with jumping, they need the tallest stool. Yeah, totally. They need to be able to stand up and see everything. That's what to think about. And I'll think about them, you know, and think about these things over time as, as things develop and like, what do those things turn out to be and what do they mean? I'll see what it is. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I I didn't know I had a lot of feelings about that, but apparently I did. (laughs) You got them all. (laughs) That's pretty great. So, yeah. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to bring up or talk about before we uh, close this out? Oh, man. (laughs) Let's see. (laughs) What do I have here? Man. You know, I think the last thing that I really want to touch on is about emotions Yeah. and feelings because I personally have for a very long time, and I kind of touched on this earlier in the podcast um, or conversation rather. Well, I guess it is podcast, whatever. <laughs> Same uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> like when I think about emotions and I was kind of talking about how, you know, I just imagine my body as like one entire organ that like work together all the time and all these different things. Right. So emotions that I feel, I used to feel like that emotion was a state in which there was no separation. So if I felt the emotion, that meant that that's who I was. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I feel a dark or sad thought, then that means that I am the dark and sad thought and that I am that thing and that I am just made that way and I cannot change. That feeling persisted for me for a very, very long time until I started to finally look at emotion separate from myself as a person mm-hmm. because each one of us is, a, is like a vessel and is a person. We, we all exist as humans. Emotions are thoughts and things. And the way that it was described um, in, a, in a seminar I recently took, and I believe 
her name was, I want to say Susan David. It was really important. She has some great TED Talks out there. Um, and I wanted to mention her because she was so fantastic. I was right. Yep. It's Dr. Cool. Susan David. She was fantastic. So she's South African. Wonderful story about growing up and all these different things. She was really great. She has some TED Talks out there. And the way that she talks, so she talks about emotions like clouds. There's these things that exist. And I can name them. So I can say, this cloud is anxiety. This cloud is sadness. Or this cloud is happiness. And these clouds are like moods or things that exist. But we ourselves are the sky, is what she says. And I just loved it the way that she said it so much. Because it really helped reframe the way that I think about thoughts and emotions. And instead of internalizing completely the emotion and, and taking it on as that's just who I am. Yeah. I can look at the emotion for what it is. And I say, what is actually driving this emotion? What is the thing inside of me that drives me to feel that emotion? Feel the sadness or, you know, disappointment or anger or whatever it is. And usually what's behind it is some need of mine is not being fulfilled. So, for example, my angry um, total outbreaks this morning at my Excel not responding and my irritation at my dog's barking and all these other different things. And I was just in a mood this morning and I was just feeling the dark cloud. And I have to remember to myself, okay, this is a reaction to the fact that you didn't sleep very well last night. And you worked out really hard, so your body is sore. So you're not feeling 100% in your body or your sleep. Therefore, you're not going to be able to regulate your emotions as you normally would. So you're going to feel those, like, dark clouds. But that doesn't mean that that's who I am. They're passing. They're fleeting. And if we look at our emotions more as a thing that we can discover, I think we're really going to do a lot of internal work to figure out how do we be more happy with emotions because – emotions themselves are things that will come and go and they don't need to stay static in our lives i don't think totally we do want to keep things that are static that are good right like those are always good but the human experience is not just i am happy and i'm going to be happy all the time forced happiness forced positivity are not real things they are not real human experiences human experience includes pain it includes sadness anger rage disappointment grief i could go on and on and on there's also pleasure there is you know the happiness we get there's joy there are all kinds of relaxed peaceful emotions we have those too they go together and we need to observe them and find okay so i feel calm right now what is it about this calm that is making me feel good and how can i continue to replicate that or i feel rage right now what need is not being met or what of my values is being you know, irked. What is making me angry right now? Is it because I have a certain value where, you know, I like to value being on time or whatever it is. And another person isn't on time and I'm irritated about that. You know, do I have to carry that irritation throughout the rest of my day? Hell no. (laughs) I can leave that at the door because irritation is not who I am. It was just an emotion I felt and I can move on from it. And y'all need to give yourselves a break. That's what I really need to leave us all with is that y'all need to give yourself a break. This is a hard time right now. This is unlike anything we've ever seen. People are in their homes. They're trying to work in their homes. They're trying to live in their homes. They're trying to work out in their homes. Like there are people who cannot leave. I'm really fortunate. I'm in a a small town, so it's easy for me to get around and go do what I want to do. But there are many people in this world that do not have that experience. Yeah. So... Being gentle with ourselves is like number one. Give yourself a break and there is always tomorrow or there's always the next hour or the next part of your day. Don't let those dread feelings get to you. Make action plans for the things that you have going on. Make yourself a schedule. I really encourage people to write things down. Even starting with the gratitude itself is a really great way. going to be consistent and help build new pathways in the brain because the brain can build new pathways very easily as long as you work at it and you have to be consistent and it won't always be perfect but (laughs) consistency is everything my thing keeps cutting out (laughs) it's Ah, like been going in and out but that's okay (laughs) no problem I really appreciate you talking Katie Uh, it's always awesome to hear from you uh, you always I have like such you. good. I miss you. 
Yeah, I miss you too. You obviously have like such good things to say, so I really appreciate Aww. you sharing it. Thanks. Yeah, I'm yeah. giving you a virtual hug from here. Doing I my know. virtual. I can't hug. wait to see the gym. The yeah, you gotta come down when you can. Yeah, totally. It'd be great. All We're right. living the quarantine lifestyle, so yeah, you'd be pretty good to go down here if you want to come down sometime. Totally. All right. Well, totally. I hope you have a great rest of your day, Katie. All right. You too. Thanks, Beth. Thank you.